Welcome to The Coaching Podcast with your hosts, Emma Doyle and Simon Blair, coach for success in sport and business. Hello and welcome to The Coaching Podcast. I'm Emma Doyle here with John Borden. We're at B6 American Airlines <laughs> at Charlotte Airport. I'm taking this opportunity. We've, we've just been at the Director of Tennis Conference. Uh, it's been a pleasure getting to know you and, and thank you so much for being on the show. Listen, we'll get straight into it. The first question is the Vegemite question. Now, the Australian spread on toast. Have you tried it? People either love it or they hate it. What's your take or do I need to send you one? Uh, the latter, and the only reason I know it exists is because I listened to your podcast earlier today. <laughs> I, have, I have not had it. I, you'll have to send it. Okay, well, perfect. I'll, I'll send it to you in person when I come and visit your centre, in which case you get to choose. You can either choose your best coaching moment and what were the lessons or your worst coaching moment and what were the lessons, either as a player or as a coach. Totally up to you. Does something come to mind? Absolutely. My worst teaching moment, uh, someone had requested a private lesson. And they were a beginner, and we had this great adult beginner class and module. So she comes in, and I said, you're a perfect candidate for this. Let's do it. And we're going after it for about 25 minutes, and, I mean, I am pumped. I mean, I'm in. The energy is there. The intent is there. And she says, can we stop doing this right now, please? And I was, I mean, I was pissed. Like, I'm, how dare you tell me the best way to teach you? And then after the lesson was over, I was, I'm a complete idiot. Like, I didn't even ask what this person wanted. I just decided that I know what's best for you. I'm going to teach you this, and you're going to like it. Mm-hmm. And it was one of the more potent lessons that I've learned. So, no, that, that's clearly it. Clearly oh, it. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you for sharing. The next question is the sliding doors question. Uh, yeah, when I showed up at JTCC right out of law school, uh, had no, no, no idea that I would discover a career in tennis after just finishing a really cool law school career. Um, but I had some great mentors at JTCC, one in particular, AJ Pant, that just said, John, you might want to consider a career in tennis and uh, let me show you the, the different opportunities in the sport. And it just, it, it literally changed my life. So the ultimate sliding door. If I understood what you were saying correctly. Yeah, no, you totally. Yeah. That's exactly right. what we're talking about. And I think in many ways it's that it's that mentor, isn't it? I need to get AJ on the show, actually. That's yeah. a big shout-out to AJ there. You, you have to come AJ. on the show. Yeah. <laughs> um, fantastic. Uh, the next question is in one to a maximum of three words. What do you think makes a great coach? Someone that listens. Someone that listens. I, you can't, uh, if coaching is about relationship, uh, if you can't listen, um, then you can't build a relationship because it's totally one way. So it's it's all about listening. It's all about listening. So you can have two more qualities if you wanted on top of listening. Totally up to no. you. Um, or you can leave it at that. Up to you. Listening, uh, preparation, and sincerity. I mean, that's it. Um, when when you listen, then you can prepare for what your player needs. Um, and when you're prepared for what your player needs, um, then you can deliver with authenticity and sincerity the best that you have for that player. Mm-hmm. So it's really listening, um, preparation, and sincerity. Yeah, I don't so. think we've had sincerity actually over our 306 responses, your 307. Uh, and finally, our last question is where we ask you to ask us a question, which is what sparks your curiosity? What does John want to know more about? what people are doing to grow tennis. Uh, I I love the sport and I love the fact that people play, but I want more people to do it. And I'm always fascinated to know the one good idea 
that people have to grow the sport of tennis? To me, that's the ultimate question. And I think the more people we have asking that question, um, the better the sport, the more healthy the sport's going to be. Fantastic. Thank you so much for being on the show. My pleasure. It's my pleasure. G'day, Simon Blair, the coaching podcast. You and I back together again. I mean, we are on the other side of the world, but it's so good to see your face, hear your voice, and, of course, talk coaching with you. How are you? Great. We're back, baby. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. I don't think I've missed a Tuesday, by the way, for since season three has begun. G'day, everybody. The Coaching Podcast, we are back full throttle. Simon Blair, it's so good to see you and talk coaching. I know we're not in Melbourne, but uh, this is the beauty of Zoom. It's the beauty of the podcast. And do you know, Simon Blair, I have not missed a Tuesday since season three started. Hello, how are you? Yeah, what have you what have you got to say oh, about great. that? Oh, it's like we're back, baby. <laughs> As in, well, you've been back for a while. <laughs> you've been pumping it out. Yeah. Every Tuesday, um on the dot. You know, it's great to see. It's yeah. uh there's been some know, great episodes, haven't there? There there has. Um it's been really, really enjoyable to basically kick back, do nothing, and just listen for a while. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's because you've been so busy with your coaching. So perhaps I what have. we could do today is is talk a little bit about um John Borden's uh his interview and uh yeah hear more about what you've been up to as well so um so should we kick it off with his worst coaching moment so yeah i did worst teaching moment um instantly i made a note for myself because it taps into what i've been teaching uh in doing all my training for customer service over the phone um with a new client and it's as and i wrote the note assumptions is the killer of great customer experience and when you're a coach the participant is your customer. And I use that a lot when I'm training and talking about assumptions. And clearly that's what he articulated with uh, his worst teaching moment, how he just barged in mm. bullet, bullet a gate uh, and didn't engage up front. Um, even just a brief bit of conversation and uh, context in terms of mm. hearing from the participant. Yeah, I uh, am being completely guilty of it in the past, especially I think sometimes the longer you have been coaching as well, you think you know what's better for somebody, especially who's a beginner as well, like that's just coming for the first time. You're like, oh, I know how to coach beginners. And uh, interestingly, um, I'm coaching these these four ladies at the moment who are complete beginners and so the process before that first session is really important. Like even if you've just got your top, you know, four or five questions, uh, for me, it's something along the lines of, you know, um, have you played tennis before? Of course, one of the most obvious ones. But, you know, what other sports do you play? Uh, what's your line of work? And you can already start to tap into their maybe their some of their learning preferences based on, um, you know, the type of job they do and how they like information to be presented to them. Uh, and the really, the, on the flip side of that, um, the other interesting part with this group of uh, ladies is we've been, I've been using a modified ball that travels through the air slower and it bounces lower. Yes, and it I've just, seen, I've seen those, yeah. Yeah, it just gives um, you a little bit more time. Now, they didn't know that I'd been using this modified ball, right? So they went down <laughs> to the local club and they rented a ball machine. And oh. I'm, they put it on the slowest <laughs> setting, but it was it was the yellow ball, which was coming out faster. And they were like, how come we can't rally? And so it was so funny when they came back the next week. I was like, oh, don't worry. It's not you. It's the ball. They they, they were in hysterics over that line. Um, but, uh, but on a serious note, they are loving 
the sessions uh, because again, as a more experienced coach, you you get that background information on what's important to them. Why are they learning? Um, and what the, what their purpose and outcome is, which is something I think that uh, that John really gave us that message, didn't he? Simon, what are some of your favourite pre-coaching uh, questions? One of them is, and I've just come off the back of training about 80, 80 staff over two weeks in over Zoom, um, you know, about half a dozen in each each session in customer service. And so I literally start every session for the same reasons you mentioned, you know, the first time I've engaged them, uh, some of them are brand relatively new on the job. A bunch of them have been there for a long time. So it's a mixed mix bag, but it's a new experience in terms of the content that I'm providing, the training, and obviously I'm, I'm new as well. For them so um it's just that that importance of just engaging them up front in conversation i do the classic around the grounds there's a, and i just i deliberately don't make it too prescriptive i, I want them to talk openly and whatever comes out because that reveals a lot to me uh in terms of to helping me get a sense of who they are based on what they say what they don't say how they say it throw a throw a few things out there to think about when they respond and that is you know have you had any training like this before um and I suppose expectations you have from the from the session for your own learning, which is very important if you've got a diverse group, I suppose, of experience, because that can be different. Um, and just yeah, anything else you wanna you wanna mention about yourself and the role you do? So it's that open openness is very deliberate in terms of my my questioning uh, of them. And yeah, it's it's hugely advantageous because. For me, I get a I get a sense of every group, even my even though my content might be the same. Obviously, the way I deliver it's going to shift, uh, often in subtle ways um, to suit that audience. So, yeah, that's impressive. Eighty people in a Zoom. I don't know how you how you do it. I think <laughs> the maximum with my facilitation. I think I've only had about twenty. Uh, but in the, some of the conferences have been different. But I think there is a difference between presenting. Um, yes. versus facilitating as well. Uh, so good on you, yeah. Simon. I, I want to hear more and more about it as um, as we talk about shifting gears onto the next sliding doors question. Uh, mentors, uh, AJ Pant, he mentions AJ. I'm, I'm going to have to get AJ on the podcast. He it really mm -hmm. is an awesome leader here in America, really humble leader. But, you know, fa fancy finishing a law degree and then choosing to, to go into coaching. Uh, oh, no. Yeah, and he's still in coaching. I, I caught up with him. I actually worked. Um, he's now at the, the Washington Tennis Education Foundation, and I worked for him in, in May when my first live gig back again, and we just get along so great. And I, I love that he's in the industry because he does bring that wealth of thinking about things outside of the square and not just doing what everyone else has done because obviously you get what you've always got. But, uh, you know, the importance of mentors in our sliding doors moment. Who's your biggest mentor? Well, early in my career, and what what popped into my head listening to uh, his example was, you know, just having what you said, having that someone else who's uh, provides a different perspective on yourself. Because it's when you're you're the you're it, you know. So it's hard to see the forest for the trees. And so having mentors, I think, is just perfect in terms of them being able to realize certain things about you that you don't often see yourself. And obviously, in this case, you know, have you thought about? tennis as a career instead of this law thing that you're doing you know and so I had uh early in my career and I've been in the contacts and industry customer service and sales my whole career early in my career I had a, a two-up manager who wasn't my direct line manager who was a great coach they did function more as a mentor and they saw something in me very early on I was very young as a, as a new team leader in terms of having management management and coaching responsibilities in my early 20s uh and she saw a spark in me in terms of like the type of things I'm doing today she saw that 25 years ago in terms of being able to be a leader in this space 
And it was just pointed message that she wrote in a, um, a leadership book that she gave me basically saying, you can, you know, you're going to be able to do great things. Just, uh, keep going, keep at it. And I'd never had anyone to that point in my career. Uh, I suppose see something, uh, paint a picture of the future um, in such a, such a big, broad sort of way in terms of my business career. And uh, yeah, I'm talking about it now. It pops into my head straight away. I mean, and I was what, 20, 23, 24 uh, when that message was written and I'll just never forget it. It was just stood out to this day. I've never had someone in, in a, business context by that and, and be, be quite comfortable in pointing that out to me uh, and realizing obviously because of you know in those early stages how powerful as we do as coaches now <laughs> you know those key messages when you see a spark in someone this could be that one one thing you say at the end of a session or something that could just shift shift could change their life you know so yeah for me that's um that, that mentor i had in in the in the call center i worked in was um was huge for my career in terms of early stages for you, well, I remember mentioning David Parkin, for example, back in your uni days. It always resonates with me being a, a footballer who was um, an educator and um, and many others. But is there anything that yeah you think of when you heard John's um, interview? I think one thing when he he said that AJ pointed out all the different things that tennis can offer. Because I think sometimes too we can get stuck, yeah. can't we? Like for example, in tennis if you don't make it as a professional player, oh, you'll just go into, you'll just be a coach. And coaching so much more than that. Uh, and I think that yeah, it should, having it shouldn't a, be the fallback position, should it, Emma? Correct, <laughs> correct. So having a mentor show you all the different routes that you can go down. And so when I think of that, I think of uh, the gentleman who who sometimes has been a guest coach on the coaching podcast, talking coaching with me is, is Damien Carmody Stevens. And I met him when I was young, but he, it's, it's not like he showed me different options within tennis, but what he, he does is he gives me always new ways to look at tennis and almost redefine my relationship with tennis and constantly challenge that relationship with, with coaching and where I'm at with coaching. He constantly does that. And so I think that's what, you know, men mentors that can call out your blind spots and challenge you on those things and show you other pathways and, and, and believe in you. I think, uh, I think you hit the nail on the head mm. a bit like what, what do you know? Listening pops up again. Oh my <laughs> goodness. It's uh, we now thank it. I mean, Simon, we are now 465 responses and listening is in the top three. So I'm getting, yes. you know, because my book now it is coming along, Simon Blair, let me tell you, I'm getting closer to the finish line. Oh, I could actually say that on the podcast. So I'm now getting the data and really crunching the data and looking at it. Uh, I can't I wait to, to show it to you. Well, I was going to say, you need to send me the latest results. When you sent me, well, I don't know, maybe 12 months ago, um, the data you had at that point. I've been using that in my coaching uh, training. Um, and I've just come off the back of doing some coaching accreditation for, uh, for call center training. And uh, the, from the question, what makes a great coach? Here are the top three responses off my head, empathy, listening, and I believe it's energy. Passion, passion. Passion, yeah, okay, passion. So yeah. um, interesting to see if that, if that shifts, but listening is, mm -hmm. I think that's gonna change. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. No, it's not going anywhere, is it? And uh, pre being prepared when you listen, you know, which is ties into his whole story, doesn't he? His worst coaching moment. If he had have listened, then he would have been better prepared. He's one of the most sincere blokes in the industry. So big shout out to everything that he's doing now mm. uh, because he's a real, you know, even when I ran this workshop with his staff, 
Um, it was a super hot day in, in Washington, uh, like I said, back in, in May, one of our first live workshops back here in the States. And he was on court doing the drills, do every, you know, he was there with, with the team members. He wasn't saying, oh, you know, standing back and, and just watching from afar. When, when he was there, he was there and he was fully present and really sincere. So, you know, I love, the, I love when people, we ask this right. question, I love when they walk their talk. It's, it's fabulous. And, and it's, well, even just you saying that, it's popping into my head some of those differences between teaching and coaching is, is close to what you've just described, isn't it? That's almost teaching being more the standing back giving instruction um, rather than being a, almost an active participant in the process. Collaboration. By collaborating, co-creating an outcome. So one of the big challenges in call center coaching um, with any group I have is their resistance. They want to do it as almost a standoffish approach. It becomes telling, um, which is more feedback rather than actual coaching. And there's a subtle but powerful distinction there. And um, that's the common thing. Oh yeah, we're coaching, we're coaching. No, when I, deep dive you, you're just giving feedback as opposed to and i use the analogy you know roll up your sleeves you got to get in the trenches sit sit beside them as they're doing the job having the conversations with customers so you can give real-time feedback um but here's another shift as well which is close to what you just well the same as what john does and that is how about you put the headset on you take the next call and you get them to listen to you while you're actually doing the thing and uh and because you can spend, you know, two hours talking about this concept, or you could spend five minutes actually demonstrating it firsthand uh, and, as a means of cutting through. So, and having them pick up on the differences. So, sometimes yes. so powerful, isn't it? So, here's one example. Here's another example. Now, just what are the pros and cons? You know, That's what right. are what are the what what did you notice? What did you discover? All those great great coaching questions. Finally, he he says, what are people doing to grow? the sport of tennis and in, in your world, um, you know, grow, grow coaching. I mean, I think if we, if we take that question broad first, um, what are your thoughts on what the coaching industry is doing at the moment and how uh, specifically, you know, do you think it's, is it growing or what, what are you, what are your thoughts about business coaching? That's struggling in a, in a way that's, um, I, th I think there's greater awareness that's building around the absolute need for it. But like a lot of things, uh, there's often gaps in how many people can actually um, coach the coaches and, and do that well to actually create practical outcomes, da the daily behaviours, as opposed to just keep talking about coaching as a concept rather than, well, is this now part of what you do every day? Because the, the trap in business is, with and which yeah we're talking about managers right and the role of managers and, and the nature of leadership and yeah modern leadership is all about you're there to serve how to do that well and and the role of traditional managers shouldn't be as bosses it should be as coaches and all the research so i've identified a whole bunch of research biggest global study on uh, over the last 20 25 years by the gallup organization on what makes great managers uh and what cuts and and how it's li links to better performance uh better better culture better job satisfaction for employees uh, and, and obviously better business outcomes. And it's this, the sing, singular thing that jumps out with that, and you're going to love this, the manager as a coach. High performance organizations in very diverse sectors and industries, uh, in, in when you're talking service industries in particular, it's, it's the role as the manager as a coach. If they function in terms of their normal state of being as, as a, with a coaching hat on, there's no surprise that you get great 
culture, great outcomes, great performance in comparison to businesses and teams that don't do that. That's front and center for me in terms of the work I'm doing with my clients. I tackle it on two fronts. I help frontline staff have better conversations with customers, but then I'm also trying to create a coaching culture um, within you know, very highly repetitive transactional environments, which call centers are, making them more people-oriented as opposed to just yeah, take another call, productivity, efficiency. And uh, yeah, so the manager as coach is, is the great shift in business over a period of time. And it's a slow process, uh, but there's a bunch of us and I'm well connected on LinkedIn with a whole bunch of customer experience and coaching practitioners that are all fighting the good fight and trying to influence that outcome. Uh, and I certainly put myself in that bucket. And there's a lot of satisfaction when you can pull that off within a, within a culture. Mm. You, you see it just lights up every everything and everyone um so yeah it's exciting it's exciting there's just so much opportunity because most businesses don't most businesses don't have coaching front and center the managers don't function as coaches they still function as traditional bosses and uh, do a lot of telling rather than like we've talked about showing and rolling up the sleeves and and having method having structure having a process for coaching as well as them when you have the sessions, how are you conducting that? You know, you need, mm. you need both. In what you said is just uh, the other way to grow coaching is, is in taking action, isn't it? So oh, well, that's it. And, and well, so there was this debate on LinkedIn and there's someone put a post up uh, because the thing that I see dominating on when with, and it's, I get quite annoyed. The term coaching has been hijacked by the life coaching industry um, where they, you know, in their world, you say coach, that automatically means life coach. Um, as opposed to like we explore, coaching is it has a broad application in every every sector and in every industry, sport and business. Um, and there was this debate from someone who's a life coach around, do coaches need to be certified? The answer is no. Um, I'm all for professional development, obviously. <laughs> and I provide accreditation service as well. But going back to your point, um, one of the simplest things I say to anyone, you don't need me to be here to start coaching. Just start coaching. You know, even without any training, any coaching yourself, any mentorship, if you know that's something that's in you and you you need to be doing, then literally start because it's it's the doing. It's all in the doing. And you can get all the development you like, all the professional development, but it's the action. Without mm. the action, and it's incredible, you know, from your early careers, just things you would have naturally done, even without the mentor, even without a, your own coach. Um, getting in and just doing it and trial and error and well that didn't work I'll do less of that and I'll do more of the things that did do work and mm. before you know it you're um, you're off and running and then you're more receptive I think to then the professional development the more formal stuff because you've had your own successes and failures and and everything so yeah just my my advice to anyone out there listening um, if you know you're, you're sort of on the cusp of a, well, you feel you have a need to coach, you haven't quite jumped in yet, just just start doing it. If you've got opportunities to start doing it, don't be afraid. Um, listen to the coaching podcast to get some instruction if you need to, but uh, do, just do, take action. Uh, what came up for me is a word that I've been exploring uh, a lot recently, which is curiosity. I think that's how we grow the sport of tennis. I mean, I think yeah. the pandemic has increased participation it's increased you know it's it's socially distant it is somewhat um you know safe uh, by all accounts we've seen a massive growth in in people wanting to play tennis uh i'm so wrapped you know i've got beautiful eight beautiful public courts down two blocks from where i live now and the courts are always full so mm. uh so fortunately i have a 
found another two courts further down the road that, that are never full. But um, but it's so nice to see that, especially on the weekends, yeah. people are out playing tennis, uh, which is just fabulous. And so what I've been exploring is the word curiosity in how do we breed that in our coaches and, and in our players, because I think that's how we grow the sport of tennis. It's like building that curiosity muscle because at what point, you know, did we, did, did we lose that? You know, we're born with curiosity and then all of a sudden something along the way, you know, especially the studies suggest between five to 12 that we, you know, the, the next questions are, is this going to be on the test and where's the bathroom? So, you know, um, I think as, as especially teenage tennis players, I, I deal with a lot of um, teen sports people building curiosity, building those muscles within somebody is critical in how we continue to help them fall in love with this problem solving sport of tennis, specifically to us, you know, to, in response to John's question and in the broader coaching context, I think it's even more critical because the, you know, these days people can just YouTube, you know, how do I do this? Or how do I, I've got this issue or how do I, and so they could just get an answer online and they, you know, the role of the coach, if you're of a more of a traditional model is going to be made redundant. So the next revolution coming. Yeah. Especially where it's that instruction base, the technical aspects, isn't it? You know, you can can learn that. I do that with my, my kids do with learning musical instruments, for example, do I need a music teacher? Yeah, there's certainly benefits there, I think, because of the structure uh, and, and the support and the encouragement and the independent observer, I think, is, you know, the, the major benefit there of having mm-hmm. always having a person who can help you or, and it could be supplemented or complemented by, you know, these other tools and resources. Yeah. So build your curiosity, muscle, uh, your muscles, especially coaches. The more curious we can be about our clients' motivations, I think the better we can coach. So thank you, John Borden, for being our guest on the coaching podcast. Don't you love how I just took a moment at a random airport to to interview this guy? I mean, sometimes you've got to take your chances. So look, I apologize. The sound, you know, is a little, you know, my old dictaphone, my sound's much better these days. Um, But it was, you know. Uh, Don't sweat the small stuff, Emma. Yeah, there you go. And even (laughs) you'll hear him in the podcast, he mentions, um, or I mentioned that um, I'd only interviewed 307 people back then. But now we've got 460. You heard it here on the Coaching Podcast. Enjoy your listening. And uh, Simon Blair, it's always a pleasure. It is. Thanks, Emma. The Coaching Podcast was brought to you by Emma Doyle and Simon Blair. Emma Doyle is a global speaker and performance coach helping unleash human potential. Her website is emmadoyle.com.au. And I'm Simon Blair, trainer, assessor and coach of sales and customer service skills with my own company, Five Degrees. Connect with me on LinkedIn or email me at simon.blair at five degrees. That's F-I-V-E-D-E-G-R-E-E-S dot com.au. 